Well, welcome again, everybody, as uh, we get ready to jump into the final sermon of 2018. Uh, it's crazy to think about. Hopefully you don't cheer that because you're just sick of the sermons. Hopefully it's because we're celebrating the year together. But if you are uh, uh, new with us or if you've been with us for, for a little while, what, well, we're so glad that you're with us here at Palmerado Christian Church, a place in which uh, we want to continue to, as we mentioned before, help people get plugged into the people and purpose of the church. A place in which we are not perfect people, but we are people who have been changed by God to make a change in this world. And a place in which we recognize we are called to be witnesses to who God is, what he's done, and how he's loved. And just like our church initials, plugged in, changed by, and called to, called to our PCC. Uh, so like our church initials, hopefully it's something that's easy for us to remember. And hopefully it's the way that we live out our life as a church. And so we are glad to have you with us this morning as we are uh, closing up the year. And for the main uh, idea is that we wanted to have a day in which we celebrate what God has done in and through our church throughout this year and to celebrate what God has done in and through you and your lives throughout this year. So we're going to have a time through God's word. We're going to have a time of reflection. Uh, we're going to have a time just to look back instead of always looking forward to the next year, to our goals, to our resolutions, whatever that may be, to, to pause and to look back to what God has already done. That as I shared this earlier, uh, one of our leaders, Val, mentioned the idea that it's so, it's in the very beginning of Genesis, the idea that God created something and then he looked back and said it was good. That it is very much within our nature, within us being made in the image of God, that we need to look back on what has happened, what God has done, and to say, man, that's good. Or, man, this was a really rough year. But God is still good in the midst of it. So will you join me in a word of prayer as we dive into God's word together? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are good. We thank you that you are great. And may we be a church that continues to spur one another on into singing of your greatness and recognizing your worthiness and who you are. Lord, I pray that as we go into your word, that I would decrease, that you would increase, that you would speak in a powerful, personal, impactful way to each and every person that's in this room and each and every person that's listening online later. Lord, I pray that everyone would know that they are cared for, prayed for, cared for, and loved. Yes, by us as a church, but even more so, God, they are cared for and loved by you. And so I pray that that would be real to each and every person who hears my voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we are, uh, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 3 as we get there in a few moments. But before we do, um, there's a, we have, uh, many of us have Christmas traditions. We have ways that we celebrate Christmas. So I don't know about you, but for us, we have different ways in which Christmas time comes around and there's ways that we celebrate. And so with this idea of Celebration Sunday, uh, it's an opportunity for us to maybe look back on how God has worked. But for us, I have these Christmas traditions that um, we try to keep consistent um, over the years. And so, you know, in the very, one of the first things is, is that uh, the day, like Black Friday, when everybody else is going shopping, uh, that's when we decorate the Christmas tree, and that's when I listen to Christmas music. I appreciate that there's some of you that listen to Christmas music in July, it's just not me. Um, and so, it's one of those where we kind of have a BA, Thanksgiving's done, 
let's get going with Christmas and enjoy that for the next month. And so we always decorate the tree the day after Thanksgiving and decorate our house the day after Thanksgiving. We also have a tradition that my wife, Stephanie, when she was growing up, her family would do this thing called the 12 Days of Christmas. And we all know the 12 Days of Christmas song. Don't start singing because I don't know how many Lords of Leap in there really are. Uh, but we start, there's that song, but um, my wife's family, my in-laws, they had this uh, song written out, but instead of it being like Lords of Leaping and partridges and things, it's this idea of telling the gospel story each and every day. So one part is, um, like day one is the promised Savior has come. The day two is Jesus is born. And so while you work backwards from 12, it starts to tell the story of Christmas. And so it's something they've done for a while. And then they would get small gifts, what, what most people use as stocking stuffer type gifts. They would, we would, they would do that um, growing up. And they would get one small thing every day as part of the 12 days of Christmas leading up to Christmas. So that's a tradition uh, that we've really enjoyed doing. And, and so what we do now is we do the song. We have a devotional that's like the 12 names of Jesus. And so we do that. Um, and then the kids are like, we want to do a devotional. I'm like, oh, you're so spiritual. And they say, yeah, because we want to get the presents. I'm like, oh, still work to do. But um, they're just this idea of it's a tradition. It's something that they look forward to. It's something that we look forward to. Um, and that's been something. Um, also, uh, Christmas season is a time where I feel like I, I listen to uh, bands like Pentatonics more than I do ever throughout any other time of the year. Um, Steph and I, like Pentatonics has this weirdly, this weird place in our hearts because Steph and I, when she was pregnant with Shaylin, so our first child, we would watch the sing-off like kind of throughout the whole season. And then she, we, like we were in the labor room uh, the day of like the, the finale or the day before the finale. So it's like, honey, are you okay? Honey, is the baby okay? Honey, do you think Pentatonix won? Do you think we should win? No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't that callous. Um, but we saw that Pentatonix won and we were excited. But Pentatonix, I don't listen to them in July. I listen to them at Christmas time. Um, we also, every morning of Christmas morning for, I think since Steph and I have uh, been married, is we have a farmer's casserole. So we have the same breakfast and we have cinnamon rolls because why not throw in sweet into there? And we have a cup of coffee and, and we just have our Christmas morning. And so there's different ways that we celebrate it that help it to feel more meaningful, that help it to feel like Christmas. And I wonder, some of you have your own traditions when it comes to Christmas. Maybe it's, again, a certain meal. Uh, maybe it's a certain time you decorate. Maybe it's a certain place that you go with family or family comes to you or whatever it is. But we look back on those things and we have this, this moment of, of celebrating Christmas. And then we have these moments where there's these expectations. Once a, something becomes a tradition, then it becomes an expectation. And then if the expectation doesn't work out the way we wanted, it almost fe feels like a letdown. And so there's this ebb and flow when it comes to traditions. Uh, there's this ebb and flow of things that, that happen to us when we have something that we hold valuable. But for us, for our purposes this morning, is, is wanting to ask you, what does it look like if we have traditions that I know the day after Christmas, we're going to decorate the tree, or I know that we're going to sing the 12 days of Christmas leading up to Christmas, or whatever those set tradition ways of celebrating Christmas, do you... Do I, do we have a celebration tradition when it comes to what God has done in our lives? Is it something where we just kind of pass on because we feel like, okay, God, you are so good. We prayed for this. You are so good. Thanks for doing that. Now I'm going to go to the next thing I'm praying for. Rather than like we saw in Genesis 1, being able to look back and be like, God, you are good. And I know that in a room like this, 
and people listening online that 2018 was not a good year for everybody. I know there's loss, I know there's heartache, I know there's brokenness, I know there's sickness, I know that there's things that we can't always look back and say, oh, that was a great year. But I hope and I pray that for those of us that have that relationship with God, that we'd be able to look back and say, this was not a good year, not an easy year, but we can still celebrate because God is good. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I know that's a journey that many of us need to take and not all of us have a tradition of recognizing how to celebrate what God has done. So the main point for this morning in your notes is that before you look ahead, before we look ahead to what God may do next year, let's look back at what he's done this year and celebrate. Before we look ahead and we think about what our resolutions are, what we want to work on, uh, how we're going to become more organized, how we're going to get healthier, how we're going to stop doing this and start doing that, whatever it is, before we look ahead, let's take a moment to look back at what God has done and celebrate. As I mentioned, we're going to be in Joshua 3, starting in verse 14, and we're going to go into a little bit of Joshua 4. This is one of, this is a passage that has meant a lot to me throughout my, throughout my life and, and my walk with God. And to give a little context, this is after the wilderness, this is after the 40 years, Joshua has just inherited leadership, Moses had died before they got into the promised land, and Joshua, um, in, verse, in Joshua 1, God is telling Joshua, it's time to go into the promised land. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And, and they're ready to go in. And so Joshua 3 is when they're kind of actually getting up to the river. They're about to cross the Jordan, and they're able to actually get into the promised land, which has been 40 years in the making. And so one of the things that we're going to go through is just look at this passage and just look at a few points from this passage that we pull that can speak to celebration, that can speak to remembering what God has done, and can speak to how God works. And so what I want to do first is read Joshua chapter 3, 14 through 17. It says, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. And so the first point for us this morning is that if we are afraid to follow God, we will miss how he is working upstream. That if we're afraid to follow God, we will miss how he is working upstream. And as you're filling that out, the flood stage in verse 15, it, it talks the fact that the, the, the river was full. So this was not like a small trickle that God just stopped. This was a full in flood season amount of water. You look at verse 16, the word for heap, that it stood up in a heap at the city of Adam is the same word that came from the, the Red Sea. When it stopped in a Red Sea, that the water was up in a heap. So it's the same one used as the Red, as the Red Sea passage in Exodus 14 and the Exodus. We also see that the town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan was 20 miles upstream. So it wasn't like it just stopped right there. And so what it shows us is this idea that God is already working upstream. God is already working 
And in order for the water to stop at that moment, is it possible that God had already stopped it hours before, but he was waiting on the obedience of his people to step foot into the water before they recognized it? Remember, we talked about a while ago in, in one of our sermons, the idea that, that the promise comes before the sign, but after obedience. So promise, sorry, promise comes first. God says, I'll be with you. Then obedience comes, and then the sign that he was with us is there. That God said, I will help you walk in through the river, and you will go into the promised land. He promised that it wasn't until they obeyed that they got to see how God was working upstream. And so we see this idea that God may be doing amazing things in your life right now that we cannot see, possibly because we're afraid to take that step of faith. That maybe because we're afraid to follow where God says, says come with me, share with this person, or, or move to this place, or, or reach out to this friend, or whatever this is, he might have a world of blessing to show how he's faithful and how he's working. But until we stand up and until we walk out and until we step foot in the river or set foot into following him, we might be missing how he's working upstream. And so we look at verse 17, this idea that the people just stopped. The people holding the Ark of the Covenant stopped and the whole nation was able to cross into the promised land and to be able to experience that. Let's look at, let's continue on in the story. Verses one through 6a in Joshua 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. The point that we want to pull from this section right here is, right here, it says, remembering what God has done doesn't just happen. We must be intentional. That God had told Joshua specifically, hey, go in and send 12 people, one from each tribe, to go in and get a stone from the river, from the very center. Notice how it says a stone on a shoulder. So this is a big stone. This is not a, it's not a small river rock. This is a big stone in which they would go in and they would bring it onto the side of the promised land and they'd be able to do it. And what does verse 6a say? It says, as a sign to you. Because so many times we experience incredible things and yet so many times after the incredible thing has come and gone, it's so easy for us to forget what God has done. Have you ever had a moment? Maybe for some of you, you've, you've followed the Lord for decades. Maybe some of you, you grew up in the church and you're still struggling with that and you're just coming back. For all of us, have you ever had a moment in which God had felt so real you never thought you'd doubt him? And yet, the next time a trial came, the next time that things didn't work out the way we had hoped, is it easy for us to forget, to move on, and to not have that sign, that tactile reminder that the stones would serve to the Israelites to say, no, 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 look, see that pile of stones? 
These are our stones of remembrance of what God had done. I remember walking through and being able to walk by the Ark of the Covenant and the water at flood stage was down and it was dry and 20 miles upstream God was working and I remember walking through. I remember feeling the, the wet the wet ground between my sandals, and I remember saying, God is good. And yet even the Israelites who experienced those amazing things needed a sign, needed a reminder, needed something tactile, needed something physical to remind them of what God had done. Because remembering what God has done is, doesn't just happen. It has to be intentional. We have to take moments to really think about what he had done. Because remember, outside of Joshua and Caleb, this is a completely different generation than the Exodus and the Red Sea. That they had to wander through 40 years because of the betrayal at Kadesh Barnea in Numbers 14 when they wouldn't go into the promised land. That this was a whole new generation until those people all died off and it was just Joshua and Caleb as the leaders who would then lead them into the promised land. So they had heard stories. Someone had told them about how God had rescued them, but they hadn't seen that kind of miraculous heap that comes up and them being able to cross the water just as their ancestors and their fathers and mothers had done 40 years before. And so for them to do that, they needed a reminder. They needed a reminder there. And so uh, Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, actually calls celebration, what we're doing today, a, a discipline, something that we need to work on. It's a corporate community discipline. In fact, it's the final discipline of the 12 that he talks about. Here's what he says about it. He says, the decision to set the mind on the higher things of life is an act of the will. That is why celebration is a discipline. It's not something that falls on our heads. It is the result of a consciously chosen way of thinking and living. And when we choose this way, the healing and redemption in Christ will break into the inner recesses of our lives and relationships, and the inevitable result will be joy. That you and, us, you and I have to make a conscious decision of the will that we can face trials and difficulties only with worry and thinking about all the different ways things could go wrong, all the different ways that I don't know the path ahead of me, all the different ways in which things could mess up and how I can mess up and how I can miss what God has for me, or we could look back on what God has done, how he's proven himself faithful, we can celebrate it, and we can walk in the knowledge that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he is still with us, that we still recognize that he will be with us wherever we go. And if we look back and celebrate, it will instill in us the joy to face whatever's ahead of us. And as we know from Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we see this idea in verses 1 through 6a that remembering doesn't just happen. We have to be intentional. Let's read a few more verses through verse 9. Starting in 6b. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. That one of the best ways in your notes, one of the best ways to celebrate is to tell other people what God has done. That they got a direct command to say, go and when, when your children ask you, tell them what God has done for you. 
Tell them how he moved. Tell them how he stopped the water. Tell them even why these stones are here because these stones serve as that reminder of how God works. So that even in the moments in which we feel like we cannot know what's the road ahead of us, we know the God who is behind us. That he hems us in before and behind. That we could trust in the Lord with all our own hearts and lean not in our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will make our path straight. So that we recognize that telling people what God has done is such a simple way to celebrate him, to honor him. And telling what God has done is such a simple way to share about the goodness of Jesus. You can say, listen, all I know, as John 9, 9 talks about, all I know is that I was once blind, but now I see. That Mark 5, the demoniac passage, in Mark 5, 19, the demoniac wants to go with Jesus, but he says, no. He says, Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. The next time we see the demoniac, or the next, sorry, the next time we see Jesus in that region, we see that thousands of people come to find out. Why? Because one man with a changed life was decided to make a change in this world. Because one man who'd been changed by God told simply, just told people what the Lord had done for him and how he had shown mercy. How would our lives change? And how would our workplaces, our schools, our communities, our neighborhoods, how would our world change if we just shared what God had done for us? That's one way that we can celebrate what God has done is to tell other people. And then the last point here is that we kind of hit on it a little bit a moment ago, but we often worry about the future when we've forgotten what God has done in the past. We often worry about the future when we've forgotten what God has done in the past. So what I like to do is, and I've started years ago, is because of this passage, I ended up creating a, um, my own stones of remembrance, my own memorial that I usually keep inside my office as just a reminder of what God has done in the past in my life. And so one of the ways to celebrate him is to be able to tell other people. So I want to share a couple things with you that this one is from when I went to Haiti in 2014. Uh, this was from a mission trip that I went to. And, and this is an opportunity in which I think I may have shared this with you. I forget, but the women, one of the um, pastors I was working with, she preached uh, to a, a women, a group of women that were prostitutes that worked in a brothel. And one of the things that we as a team did was to, was to wash their feet, to wash the feet of someone who, who, people who would have felt too, too far gone to be able to may, maybe receive the love of Christ. But this reminded me of that moment of how we too have been called to wash the feet of others, to, to be witnesses to who God is, what he's done, and how he loves. And so I keep a reminder of that with me here. This one. It's hard to read, but it says two weeks in Zimbabwe. And, and what it means was that we were, I was in Zimbabwe on a different missions trip. And during this trip, we, we were there for two weeks. And it's one of those, if you've been on a short-term missions trip, you recognize that, you know, you kind of go out of your way to be like extra loving. You're like, I'm going across the world. I'm going to have that conversation with that person, even though they're a stranger and it might feel awkward. Or, or I'm going to go and I'm going to serve. And I'm going to go the extra mile. And it was a reminder that one of the women on our team, she just said, you know, I just wish that I could love people at home like I loved people here for two weeks in Zimbabwe. With that same 
reckless abandon to share the love of Jesus, to get to know people, and to be able to share that love with others. So I wanted to remind myself, two weeks in Zimbabwe. This one was from Tudagar in India. It's from the leper colony um, when I went there in 2005. And just remembering this idea of, of meeting people and, and men and women there who helped create the linens for all the Mother Teresa missionaries of charity. Um, this, the, where they all get made is here in this leper colony. And it's one of those where in India, if, if you have deformities or things like that, you're, you're really low in the caste system. And so Mother Teresa and the missionaries of charity, they, they, they showed dignity to people. Even those that were cast aside, even those that were thought of as less than. And going there reminded me of how it's our responsibility, our calling to show dignity to people that might feel tossed aside or less than and to show them the love of Jesus. I have ones in here from when Steph and I got married in Maui. I have one from when both of my daughters were born. And I could go through most of these. I'll be honest, some of them I have to jog my memory. But I could go through most of these and I could say, here's how God worked. Here's what God's done. And if God has been faithful all these times and he's taught me all these things and he's shown me his faithfulness, then even though I might be worried about the future, I know I can trust God because I haven't forgotten what he's done in the past. That for us, you know, I remember a year ago, a year ago, technically tomorrow, I was sitting right over here against this, this window as a guest. I was in town to do a friend's wedding, and, and I'd ask the elders if it was okay if I, if I showed up just to be a part of a service. And, and I had people like Chris and Elena Johnson that were just so welcoming. They're like, anytime you're in town, we would love to have you. I'm like, I'm about to be in town, hopefully, a lot more than you think. Um, or... Chris Giffen was sitting there, and it was two, instead of two services, we had it at 10 o'clock last year on this, on Chris, on, sorry, New Year's Eve. And so he's like, oh, do you know anyone here? He's like, no, you know, trying to play it cool. And, and then during the green, he's like, wait, how did you know that our service was at 10 instead of 9 or 10.30? He's like, oh, no. And I was like trying to explain. He's like, well, I mean, I kind of, like, I got invited. And I'm like, I've already lied. Like, I've already lied to people. If I come here, they're not going to trust me. No. Um, and I got to share that story with Chris. I'm like... I remember going home and being like, Steph, there's this guy named Chris Giffen. I got to watch out for. He's super sharp. Um, but just being able to, to go back and, and look at what God has done this year in my family's life. To recognize that 364 days ago, I was sitting over there as a guest. And, and to be able to be here, seeing how good God is how faithful he's been. And we didn't know where we were going to go. We didn't know where we were going to move. We just knew God was calling us. And we stepped foot into the water. And God worked upstream about 100 miles south from where I was doing ministry in L.A. County. And he was preparing a place here for us, for our family. But I wouldn't have seen it if I didn't take step foot. God is so good. And he's done so much this year for us, for our family. But I want to ask, as we, we kind of take it from, from my story, from our story, to our church, what has God done as a church through 2018? And, and I asked different uh, leaders within church, SLT members and staff, uh, to give us some pictures of what God had done so that we can just look at some pictures and celebrate a little bit together. That we talk about that we want to be a place where people are plugged into the people and purpose of God, of the church. 
that we are people who aren't perfect, but changed by God to make a change in this world. And that we are people who are called to be witness to who God is, what he's done, and how he's loved. So over the next few slides, we're going to look at different pictures that fall into those ideas of plugged in, changed by, and called to. So the first one we have here is as we look at the plugged in slide, uh, we had a women's retreat coming up this, pa- or this past April in which uh, it was just an, an amazing retreat. Uh, my wife got to go and it was the first time that she was able to be without kids for a weekend. And so she just had a great time. She was able to connect and bond with women. Um, and then we have women's retreats. There's been other great women's events. And then we have the men's roundtable, men's study that meets during, uh, on Saturday mornings. And so it's ways that people are getting plugged in to the people of the church. We continue on. And in, the, in addition to that, we had uh, VBS. Oh, sorry. This is not VBS. I apologize. I, my notes are wrong. Uh, this was from the uh, exciting Easter egg party for the children's ministry and different events that, that Mary Bramlett and her team put together so that we can get people to be plugged in and get connected to the church. So we had the exciting Easter egg party um, the week before Easter, and we had the angel breakfast uh, just the beginning of December here. Uh, go ahead. The next one we have here is that this is VBS. And so we had over 100 kids that come to VBS. We had a lot of volunteers, and it was, I think it was the biggest VBS that we've had in a long time. Yeah, it was the biggest VBS we've had in a while. And so it's, again, getting people, yes, people from our church and families from our church, but also other families who come here because they know that Palmerado Christian Church has a great VBS. And that's a credit to, to Mary and the entire team. But we have different VBS photos there. The next one, uh, what do we have here? We have a winter camp that we had with the Optic Youth for middle school, high school ministry Optic Youth. We had a winter camp with some incredible things that happened and people got plugged in. What the next one we have here is, um, this one is from Wildwood, I believe. Is that right? Yep. Wildwood, and so just some incredible pictures of a discipleship um, week for high school students that was just revolutionary and just had an incredible impact on their walk with God and drawn close to one another and the purpose. And we have Hume Lake, which was a month later. So Dan Goodham, Dan Lewis, the, the leaders of the ministry had a lot of traveling in the summer. It was a busy summer, but God did some incredible things with different pictures and different lives from VBS, people who were finding out more about Jesus, People from Hume Lake, people finding out about Jesus, getting plugged in and getting connected. But then we also had people who were changed by God. And and through this, we want to specifically highlight on our Celebration Sunday, we had seven baptisms of people that got baptized that day. So we have pictures of Ben and Hannah Rosenberg. We have the Crivellos, Sal, Catherine, and Henry on the next page. Then we have Jody Wallace and the same Chris Giffen that called me out. We got to baptize him uh, on September 9th of this past year. People who've been changed by God to make a change in this world. Then we also had the opportunity to be called to be witnesses. How do we serve our local community? How do we serve those around? And so some of the things we did was the homeless feed that we do three times a year in which people go down to downtown San Diego and we're able to be a part of serving people. And I got to go in October and it was, it was a great event. And there's signups for it in the hallway if you're interested for the next one coming up in February. But this idea of being able to go out and to be called to be witnesses, to share, to serve, and to love people who are far from God or, or to just maybe feel cast out and forgotten, to show them dignity, like we talked about here with the leper colony. But then we also look at uh, Thanks Serving this past year in which we put together 
bags for the preschool families. And one of the things that I celebrate is that earlier in the year, I think we had about three or so families that attended the preschool that came upstairs to be part of our church. And, and by the end of this year, we have closer to 12, we figured out. And so it's just, again, getting people plugged in, getting people connected. And when we are called to be witnesses, that opens the door for more people to want to get plugged into what God has for them as well. And so we got to see things serving. We got to see the homeless feed. A few of us got to go to Ecuador and we don't have pictures for that right now, but it's just, there's so many things that God has done outside as well. But then we also had some milestones this year that I share about how good God has been to us and, and how grateful I am, but I could not have been able to have the year that I had had Pastor Evan not paved the way so well. And so we always want to give honor to whom honor is due. And Pastor Evan is due much honor for 40 years on staff, 29 as a senior pastor. And so we had an incredible event in March with friends, friends and family, friends from decades before and, and friends current that came to celebrate, to speak words of truth and life into Evan and Linda and their ministry together. And so we had an incredible milestone there. And this, this one is from... The Celebration Sunday, which part of our church history is that we celebrated 50 years as a church this year. And so uh, that's um, uh, different people there. We have just an event that we had with a lot of fun. Uh, also, real quick, I know it's off topic, but the photo on the right um, with the girl sitting on the, the stairs, it feels like it's a perfectly placed Doritos ad. Like it's not intentional, <laughs> but it felt like such great product placement. I want to see if we can get some revenue. I'm just kidding. But it was just that perfect moment. Anyways, um, but we got to celebrate together as a church what God had done. And we talked about the idea that we want to honor the past while being faithful to what God has called us to in the future. And we've had an incredible 50 years as a church. But I also believe that the next 50 years will be even better because God is doing a new thing. He's doing incredible things. And he has been is still and will continue to do amazing things through our church. And that's, I'm so thankful to be part of a legacy of this church here. And so then um, the last thing that we talked about is that even at that celebration, we kind of had this moment in which we, we looked at the church. Uh, this is a painting by Ben Johnston and it's the cupola that's right up here. Um, cupola was the first time I learned that word was this year. I thought it was just the director of the Godfather. It's not. Um, but the cupola here and this idea that when I was rocking my daughter to sleep and I started thinking about our church, I thought about what if we took the cupola there and we turned it to the side. And to me, I just had this, this idea of it looking like an arrow and how what we look like here is how those three little lines there, those three archways, I don't want it to just be something random, but what does it mean? And so we had a whole series in August in which we looked at each one of those ideas of being plugged in, being changed by God to make a change in the world, to be called to be witnesses. And through the end of that series and at the end of the celebration Sunday, we had a new logo. And it was not just the idea of we want to just rebrand something for the sake of it. It's this is what our church has been. This is what our church has done, is doing, and God willing, we will continue to do incredible things for his kingdom. And so being able to look back on this year and seeing that lives have been changed, new people have started coming, people are finding out about Jesus either in a new way or in a deeper way, that we are not done yet and that God has great plans in store for 2019, but may we not forget what he has done this year. 
Before we look ahead to what God may do next year, may we look back on this year and may we celebrate. May we give him praise. May we spur one another on to say how great, truly great is our God. And some of you have just started coming this year. Some of you have been here for many decades. Wherever you are on that journey, we're thankful. I'm thankful to be a part of this body of Christ and what God has in store. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that are part of our church and checking us out and wanting to get more plugged in so that we can be changed by God, so we can be called to be witnesses, so more people can get plugged in. And the cycle continues, discipleship continues, and God's kingdom expands. So what I want to do is, is take a few moments as we close right now that in your notes or, or on the, the page of notes there, there's a few questions that I just wanted to give you to kind of process through this week. Maybe you have a time to journal later on today. Maybe you just have it in your quiet time. But a few questions, they're not on the screen because they're in your notes, but I just want to read them out loud so you can hear me so that as you leave today and celebrate and, and get excited about what God has done as a church, but also processing what has he done personally for you? How has he worked? The questions there is, what is a stone of remembrance that you'd like to take hold of from this year? What's something you want to remember? Like, I have these. Like the Israelites had those stones on the side of the crossing the Jordan. What's one stone of remembrance you'd like to take hold of from this year? What have you been encouraged by in 2018? And what should you celebrate? What has God done that causes us to look back and to celebrate? Number three, just as important is what has been discouraging for you in 2018? What might God want to show you through that? A heartache, a loss, broken relationship, an illness, I don't know. I don't know what it is for you, but, but what's been tough? And how might God want to walk alongside you in that and show you and draw you closer unto himself in the midst of that? And then lastly, I was telling you about a year ago at today, or a year ago, yeah, today when I was sitting over there and how much God has done. Imagine that it's a year from now, a year from now today. What words do you want to be able to say to describe how you lived in 2019? And what do you need to do today to ensure that that happens? So these are some questions that we're not going to talk about here, but it's a time of reflection that I hope as we close, as I go into a word of prayer in a moment, that you would take this time seriously throughout this week to process those things that God has been doing and is doing and will continue to do amazing things. You know why? Because this church is not my church or Pastor Evan's church or the elders' church. This church is God's church. And because it's God's church, he says that he will build his church. Our job is to be faithful, to be disciples who make disciples, to bring those far from God near to God so they may have a right relationship with God. And as we've done that, we will continue to do that. And a year from now, I want to start a new tradition in which the last Sunday of the year, we do something like this, in which we look back at what God has done in the year and say, it is good. We celebrate. Father, we thank you so much for who you are, and we thank you that you are here in this place. We thank you that you are God worthy of celebration. Lord, I know that, again, there are people in this room who have suffered great loss this year. And, and so the idea of celebrating is, is a tough one. Lord, I pray that you would just give them some peace, that you would 
Speak to them in a way that they can see how you've worked or how you've been faithful or how you're moving. I pray that you would draw them closer unto yourself in the midst of that difficulty. Lord, I pray that as a church, we would continue to move forward, that we would continue to be excited about what you have done, but even more so be excited about what you will do and that you would get all the glory and honor and praise, not to our name, but to your name be the glory, God. And thank you for the honor that it is to have a relationship with you. If you do nothing else for us in the coming year, may we remember that salvation and eternity with you is more than we could ever have asked. So may we receive that in all, receive everything you have for us with a heart of gratitude, with, with a heart of learning, and not a heart of entitlement of what we think that we're owed. So Lord, we love you. We're grateful for who you are. Speak to us now as we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we close uh, the service and as we close uh, this year, um, just want to thank you so much for being a part of this journey. Whether this is your first time with us, or you've been with us for a while. You know what? I shared earlier that I was going to get a little bit to, to the, the past 14 hours we had. Um, we got home last night from traveling. We ended up, uh, the girls were perfectly fine. Uh, but then uh, Elise started like kicking around in the bath and, and we, she knows not to. So I, I took her out and she got so upset that she ended up throwing up on the floor. Um, and so she threw up. Steph was, in, was trying to clean that um, while also Steph's phone had just died. And so like needed to be restored. And so then she's doing that, trying to figure that out. Then she has to go clean up this floor while I clean up Elise. And then while she's using the vacuum after cleaning it all up, uh, the circuit breaker trips. And so then we don't have power. So then she's like, well, we can't do the whole new thing. We can't like turn all the power off because I'm trying to get my phone updated. And it's one of those where it was like really tough. It was really frustrating. It was really at the end of a long day of travel. And so when we talk about the idea that sometimes celebration is an act of the will, I was working late last night and this morning, and I'm like, purely honest, I'm like, I don't even want to celebrate. Because <laughs> I'm tired, and I'm exhausted, and like, it just, it's tough. So I get that not all of us are in that place. But I also get that I can, always, I can keep focusing on the frustrating things that happen, or I could be reminded of what God has done, to look back and celebrate, and it gives me courage and a reminder of his faithfulness. So I shared with you some of those stones of remembrance in my life, just a few. Um, but what we wanted to do to close this year is that as you walk out today, we bought, purchased enough stones for you all to grab one. So that as you are processing through those questions, as you're looking at that, as you're praying, maybe, maybe God will reveal something to you that he says, hey, 2018 was an awesome year. I want you to remember this. Or 2018 was a really tough year, and, and I want you to remember this in the midst of it. But for me, when I look up, and I remember a year ago sitting over there, knowing that God had called me to be a senior pastor at some point for the past 14 years, and then being able to, to be here and recognizing that God wasn't just calling me to be a senior pastor at Pomerado Christian Church, God was calling our family to move, and how God has been faithful to helping Elise getting connected here at the preschool, how she's helped Shaylin to make new friends at her new school when she showed up three quarters of the way through the school year, that Steph is getting connected with awesome women of God and being plugged in there, and, and how God has worked, that for me, a reminder for me this year, a stone of remembrance for me this year is that God's calling is trustworthy and that he is faithful to keep it.
and that he is good. And so we have our greeters that will be, will be uh, handing out stones. You don't have to take it, uh, but if you would like to take it, we would like to be able to offer that for you as you reflect and start your own memorial, your own stones of remembrance to look back at how God has done and continue that process in the future years. And so may that be a new tradition that you have and that we have as a church. So thank you all so much. If you have prayer, if you have anything you want to come forward, I'll be up here. Um, otherwise, happy new year. God bless you all. We also have, uh, instead of donuts, we cel did celebration from getting a little bit nicer treats for you guys this morning. So don't like push each other because that'd be rude. But uh, go out there and enjoy some food. Um, thank you all so much. God bless you all. And we'll see you next year.